Are you ready to open the door to more romance, fun, and adventure? Or maybe it's compassion, support, and strength you're looking for. Discover real-life stories and a path to overcome the pitfalls every marriage encounters. Welcome to The Extraordinary Marriage. Welcome to The Extraordinary Marriage. I am welcoming today Kim Stanley. Hey, Kim. Hey, Connie. Good to be with you today. Awesome. I can't wait to hear a little bit about your life with Joe. So I want you to go ahead and tell us now kind of some things, um, what you're doing these days. Mm -hmm. Well, Joe and I have been in worship ministry for over 30 years and full time. That's what we do. So we're still getting to do that by the grace of God. <laughs> so thankful that he still allows us to travel and sing and lead worship together. And we do it, you know, however the Lord allows us in church services and revivals and conferences and that kind of thing. And um, so we're staying busy with that. And it's it's funny, though, that's in new seasons, you kind of the Lord moves in differently. So you find yourself trying to recreate and, um, you, you know, it's like the gospel. You keep the message the same, but the method might change, right? So we're yes. always trying to just recreate. So I do a lot of women's ministry too on top of that and I lead at a local Bible study here in town and then um, do some writing. So there's a lot of different things going on right now in our ministry. So we're very excited and blessed. <laughs> well, I also know that you are doing a podcast of your own. You want to tell yeah. us about that? Sure. Yeah. About uh, two and a half years ago, my good friend, Martha Wilson, who is the founding director of Touching Hearts Ministries, and that's where I lead worship every week. It's a wonderful ladies ministry. She and I started a podcast and we called it, uh, we call it a burst of hope and just love it. It's been such a delight. And as you know, a learning curve, trying to figure out how to actually do a podcast, but it's been so much fun. And we've had guests. We usually have guests. You have been a guest on our podcast, Connie. Yes, <laughs> so grateful for that. And we just allow people to share their stories of hope. And I think because stories are so powerful and when someone hears uh, another person's story and how God is become God of hope to them. We just, you know, we latch onto that and it bolsters our faith and just lets us know we're not alone. Um, and we've been really, we've had a lot of fun doing that. I love that because I believe people really need hope. They need encouragement. Mm -hmm. They need love. And there's so many people that are alone out there or feel yeah. like they're all alone. And yeah. so these days, you know, you have a podcast you can listen to. Um, you know, I'm not so sure what happened to radio stations. <laughs> I remember back <laughs> in that day, right? Yes. So, well, Kim and I um, have known each other for a, a really a long time. We mm -hmm. actually uh, were both in Mary Kay Cosmetics together. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, she crossed my path some uh, one of the first times, maybe singing at my church many, mm -hmm. many years ago. And mm -hmm. so I can't wait to hear your love story. Cause that's what we do on here <laughs> is we share how we met our spouse Ooh. and you know, somebody's going to really connect to that. So you have a special story because you guys met, um, what am I right? Is, is it Nashville? Uh, it was actually Charlotte, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Okay. Uh -huh. So yes. go ahead and start yeah. there. <laughs> okay. So we were both in college, didn't know each other. Uh, I was at university of Cincinnati conservatory. Joe was going to ball state Muncie, Indiana. 
And um, in that area of the country, there's a big amusement park called it's Kings Island at the time. And they own several parks all over. And so we both auditioned to try to get into the Cincinnati park, but they ended up putting us in a sister park in Charlotte, North Carolina. It was called Carowinds. And oh. so we met and we were both in a country show together. We didn't know any of our cast. You just come and, you know, find some people you can room with. And so I found some of the girls in my cast and th this is a funny story, but uh, so the day I was getting, we had gotten fitted for our costumes already. This was back in 1981. So country music <laughs> in Charlotte, North Carolina, there was lots of blue gingham. That was my, uh, it was blue gingham for the first half. And then um, I was, we were in the green room and, and we noticed that the, there was some other people getting fitted for their costume. And I looked over and, and the guy had a blue gingham shirt, which meant he was probably going to be my partner in the show. So that's Joe Stanley. Didn't know that already? Uh -uh. No, no. And then so that night we uh uh we met, all met each other and we kind of auditioned for the solos that are in the show. And that was back in the day when Kenny Ryle, this is a I'm really dating myself, but when Kenny Rogers <laughs> Yeah, I did, didn't I? 81. When Kenny Rogers song Lady was popular, uh back, yeah, centuries ago. So Joe sang that song as a solo. I'm not kidding. I couldn't take my eyes off of him. So we kind of was, we tease each other. It really was kind of a love at first sight thing, but because of the nature of our work that we all, there were six of us in this cast, plus the band, we got, we got really close, all of us very tight, very quickly. Cause we worked 12, 14 hours a day together every day. And so we got to know each other. Fast. Well, you not only work together in those kind of situations, yeah. but you spend hours and hours practicing together. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. So you get to know everybody's like <laughs> point, like when they're going to break down and what, what sets them off. And anyway, it's really fun. So we got to know each other quickly and uh, actually got married um, about a year and a half later because we were both in college and we were trying to figure out what what our paths were going to be. So what we tried to, to stay do. in that. Yeah. So. We, um, he, we both wanted to stay in entertainment and I had majored in musical theater, but I was, I wanted to be married too. So I didn't know for sure how those would marry each other. So we just decided we get married and try to make a go of it. And we did a couple USO tours and we worked for that same production company that owned the parks and for seasonal work. And then Joe finished his degree and we were still working in shows. And in the meantime, we had a baby. Whoa, you know, that sound, kind of sounds like my husband and I, because, you know, we met through music also, because he plays mm -hmm. piano and we both sing and we met in chorus in high school. Oh, and wow. um, actually, after we were dating, I intended to go to the North Carolina School of the Arts for dance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, because something that was going on at the School of the Arts that year when I went to audition, uh, they asked me to come back to summer school and I didn't get to do that or I made a decision not to do that. And there it goes. You get married and you start having yep. babies and, and yes. uh, there it goes. So we we're in That's music right. also. Okay. So cool. you guys, let's recap. So you guys are mm -hmm. now married mm -hmm. and you're, you're still trying to, uh, do the music thing and you both mm -hmm. sing beautifully. Um, mm -hmm. and now you have yeah. a baby. So now where's that? Yeah. Time? Well, uh, I think I was the first one to have take your baby to work day back in the 80s. I, Joe was working and teaching some too on the side because he had finished his degree and he was a phys ed teacher. That's what his degree was in. Oh. So sometimes he would take some subbing jobs, but then he'd perform at night with this band. So I was taking Jordan, our oldest, to work with me 
back, she was a backstage baby for a while. We did that for probably about three seasons of shows. And um, it was a unique thing, but you know, she, she learned to walk and we have a picture of her. We, we did, this is back in the day of Hanna-Barbera. So she learned to walk with um, Smurf hands and feet because we were in a Smurf show then and just some <laughs> other stuff. So I had a great team. I mean, it was, it, you know, we, our shows were only like 20, 30 minutes long. So whoever was swung out that day would hold Jordan in the audience while I did the show. And, you know, they just did that. So it was really fun. It worked out okay for a while. Somehow I'm wishing that we had some pictures uh, way back when. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there's many a mom out there who uh, is working from home these days and their kids mm. are at home. Yeah. You know, it's really different when you take them out on a set. But the thing is, is everybody loves little ones, especially really mm -hmm. small little ones. And uh, everybody helps out and it just becomes like a family, doesn't it? It does. It really was. Yeah, it was great. And we did that for a couple of years. And then Joe got involved in a band that actually brought him this. We were living in Cincinnati. So he got involved in a show band that brought him down to Atlanta. And that's what brought us brought us to Atlanta. Oh. Um, he performed in a this was BC days. So he performed in a um, nightclub. And <clears throat> because it was attached to a hotel, they were doing all kinds of 50s and 60s music with costume changes. And it got to be very popular. So people were coming by the groves to watch this band and they were bringing their families. So it was not your typical nightclub um, audience. It was very family oriented. And then they decided to add a female singer. So I got that job. And so Woo! that's how I got down. And so Jordan and Joe and I lived in hotel rooms for a few months, traveled a little bit with that band. And then through all that is how we started visiting. Someone invited us to church and we went to church and heard the gospel and her, we had a lot of, I had a lot of religion in my life, but I heard the gospel and, um, and then the Lord just changed our hearts and showed, uh, showed us his grace and turned our lives upside down. And then we went and sing for him. So, with so his, you're saying you're in ministry now, but back in those yeah. days, whenever you guys got together, you weren't doing, you know, religious music or religious shows or anything Not like really. that. You were doing no popular kind of things. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, I envy you a little bit on that because, you know, I love the performances and the singing and dancing. And I, I love that kind of stuff. I do too. Um, so what would you think before you continue, what would be the difference of those early days and, and the 10, 20 years after that, mm -hmm. um, what would be the differences? Can you think of anything? Oh, yeah. I mean, personally, just the motivation to to do all of that, you know, when you're performing, it's a, it's a competitive field. And you're always, you're always aware of how your audience is receiving you. I mean, and, and my husband would say the same thing, you're gauging your performance based on how the audience is responding. And so that means if you're not secure in who you are, you are up and down all over the place. And you might do some mm. things, get a lifestyle, you know, you're, your motivation just is, is from a whole different perspective, but because, you know, because God showed us who he was and because now we're followers of Jesus, that has all changed. You know, whatever we do, whether we're singing, you know, if we were singing secular music, if we were doing anything, our motivation now is just, you know, to, to glorify God what in whatever we do and to bring his presence into a situation. Uh, into a room. And so that's a major thing. And that affects your marriage too, I'd say big time. <laughs> and I, I think that's finding your center. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go another direction because, you know, today we have so many areas of social media and people see your very best when you're on social media. Yes. I mean, none of us post our pictures <clears throat> when we're having a down day or when we're depressed no. or uh, we're frustrated. Uh, you know, nobody sees those pictures and pretty much mm-hmm. everybody has those times. But we start to really get stuck on how things look on the outside And I think that, um, you know, young marrieds, especially these days are looking at, you know, somebody else's family as they're having babies and having toddlers or get togethers and all the things they're getting to do, or whether they have a lot of money or whether they have a little bit of money. Um, and I think we start to look at others thinking they have it better than us, but we never know what's going on inside Mm -hmm. somebody's doors. And, Mm -hmm. um, I have found that whenever we have challenges, we bring them with us into marriage sometimes and people have, have some troubles that way. So my main thing would be just to remind people not to look at the outside. Of course, for you mm-hmm. guys, here you are singing, you know, professionally and you're getting to do it together and you're getting to take your baby with you. So that's certainly mm-hmm. great. But there's also mm-hmm. uh, always a um, a little hardship, you know, in trying to do all that, but I'm sure mm-hmm. it was great for you guys. But I just want to remind people, it looks so wonderful, but no matter wh- what you're doing, um, first of all, it's not instant. It's not perfect. Uh, everything takes work. And so mm-hmm. you guys are in the middle of that right here as you're, uh, you know, trying to keep your marriage together, take care of your baby yeah. at the same time. Right. Yeah. 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 It was a challenge, but you know, when you're so young in those days, you just, you don't have anything to compare it to. And you just think we're just going to go make this work, you know? And it was, I'm thankful that it did, but it, it, it had changed as the years went by because then we got, you know, plugged into our church and we started traveling and um, singing and singing in churches and leading worship and having more children. (laughs) So um, traveling with four kids and, or, you know, was a challenge or imbalance for me as a mom, mm-hmm. it was a balance of how much can we do. And I did not homeschool my kids. They were very plugged into the community and to our home church. And we just felt like that was the best thing here for them at the time. So we were balancing how much can we be gone? Who's going to help us with our kids? You know, so it was all, as a mom, there was a lot of um, that was a struggle sometimes I felt, but, but God always provided and, you know, Joe always came alongside. He just reminded me that, you know, God's called us to ministry. He's called our whole family. And that may look different for our family than it does for someone else. Mm -hmm. We can't, like you said, we want to compare our story to somebody else's. You know, everybody I knew that was in full-time ministry had an RV and they took their kids with them and homeschooled. And to me, that was like the ultimate. I was like, that's what we should be doing, honey. And Joe's like, I don't think so. This is where God's called us. Let's just be content, you know, and I, it really helped me to see this is our, this is what God's called us to, and he's going to give us the grace to do it. And he does, and he still does. (laughs) And we do get a preconceived idea about what we want for our life and how we think it should look, right? Right, right. Yeah. Well, so as you guys are married and you keep on having a kid, you know, um, (laughs) what, let's see, what would you consider a challenge in marriage besides kids and trying to juggle Mm. children? Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that you highlight on your program is communication. I believe that's probably the biggest thing for us. Um, I am non-confrontational to the nth degree. 
and especially in the early days, I've gotten better. I've had to learn. And Joe is not, but he, he's very passionate. So when he's speaking, it's very passionate in his, you know, if he's, He's in a good mood. It's passionate. If he's angry, he's passionate. And I didn't know how to balance that in the early days. And I, and, and I would take it personally and he wasn't, it was just his way of communicating. And so I had to learn not to be still learning. Don't have it down yet, but you know, not to be overly sensitive and to let realize he's venting, let him vent. And I'm the one, you know, that God has given me the grace and the privilege to, to come alongside and say, I can listen to you tell me what you're thinking. I'm just going to listen. I'm not going to take it as, you know, something you're saying against me. We all need those sounding boards. And, you know, just, I think communication is probably the number one and still continues to be a challenge as we're in our, you know, nesting or whatever it, what's called golden years. Oh, I don't like <laughs> yeah. to say that, Kim. <laughs> I don't either. We're not there yes, yet. Golden is, yeah. <laughs> well, we have a little more freedom in our, in our time with the kids not being here, I guess. That yeah. is Absolutely true. Well, you know, what I'm hearing from you is that often people are opposites, yes, you know, the opposites much. attract. And so, you know, we do our feelings on our shoulders. And whenever somebody's getting, quote, passionate, um, you know, uh, we all do that. We get passionate about what we believe. We get passionate <laughs> mm-hmm. and we go to defend ourselves. Um, we get passionate when we need to make a point. Um, but everybody's not as passionate as that. And I call Mm -hmm. that also like straightforward, that person who they tell you like it is, and there's a great Mm -hmm. value in that, but sometimes we do get our, our feelings hurt. And, um, and for you guys, you know, and like for many other couples out there too, you have to just learn as you go, you have to let go of things. And, you know, one of the biggest things is, um, There are certain folks out there who have trouble forgiving, and I think we all pout a little bit once in a while, right? But it's like you have trouble forgiving, and you know sometimes you have to let go and move on, or you just keep dragging the the dirt and the junk with you, right? Yeah, that's a big, big thing. I'm so glad you said that because I was thinking that before we met today about how how um, major. Um, forgiveness is in a relationship. I mean, you know, face it, let's face it. All of us are going to get wounded somehow along the way every day from, and um, we have to know what to do to that. And, and God really probably saved our marriage through teaching us about forgiveness because I was like that. I was the powder. I was the one that, you know, I would, I thought I was being holier than now and letting Joe have the upper hand on the relation on the, on the confrontation or on the argument, I would walk away. And one day he called me, he goes, why are you walking away? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to say to this. You know, I couldn't process my feelings, but we, we've, you know, I've learned over time to, to stay there, to stay there in the argument. But what happened is I took all those old things that happened in the past and I never, they all kind of snowballed together. And I realized yes. I had built up resentment yes. over the years and how, how we communicated. And I, I had to forgive. And it's, you know, when we forgive people, we're not saying, we're really forgiving the wounds that it caused in us. And mm-hmm. um, there's a wonderful ministry and dear friends of ours, uh, Tony and Bruce Hebel, and their ministry is called Forgiving Forward. And they go all over the world and teach this. And it's life-changing, but it's the gospel. And so learning how to forgive and choosing to forgive is freedom. I mean, you can walk in freedom. And it's it's really is a game changer for any marriage, any relationship. 
Well, as you, as you mentioned the word resentment, resentment is something that festers and grows. And sometimes it goes over a long period of time. And sometimes we're not the problem in the beginning. Maybe it's our spouse, but eventually we start to act and react differently than we would have if we weren't, mm. we know we're frustrated. You get frustrated. Right. It's just one right. of those things. But so sometimes I call this the um, crazy cycle. There's actually a book on it and it's called the crazy cycle. And uh-huh. it's once one partner gets, you know, irritated or frustrated or mad or pouting or sulking or whatever's going on. And then men, you know, probably I've said this before, but it's like men need to be respected and women Mm. need to be loved. And Mm -hmm. once a woman's not feeling loved because he has just been talking Mm. to me like that, right? Um, She's not feeling loved. And the next thing you know, mm, maybe she's not making dinner or maybe she's making Mm. that food at dinner that he doesn't like so much. Or um, (laughs) there's a lot of, oh, I'm sorry. You don't have any clean underwear. Sorry about that. (laughs) Um, You know, she's starting to pull out some things that uh, she's like, Mm, you know, sticking it to him here and there. Right. And the next thing you know, you know, he's not feeling respected. No one's right. listening to each other. And it just is a cycle that goes round and round. And somebody has to stop it. And, you know, the only mm-hmm. person that can stop it is usually us because we can't mm. control anything the other person is doing. That's true. So those That's kind of things um, d- do grow and uh, get bigger and bigger and, and cause us trouble. So, all right. So you've got a bunch of kids. How many kids did you have while you're singing, right? While you're doing all this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Four. And they aged, they raged in ages. There's like 12 years between the oldest and the youngest. So we had, we had lost a set of twins in between. So it's kind of like we had two here and then two there. Um, so we had two little families, but it was great because my older, my oldest daughter helped me so much with the younger ones. Cause she was like 11, 12, 13 when they were coming up. Um, and she was a big help to me. <laughs> that's helpful. So, you know, you yeah. had that, that loss and that's always a hard thing. And there's yeah. probably somebody else out there who's had that same kind of thing happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, having a 11 or 12 year old, uh, and, they learn to be mommy, right? They yes. learn mommy skills whenever they're they all do. helping each other. One of the funny uh-huh. things from um, my youngest son, who's remarried and he has nine kids now, mm. was we were talking, wow. um, I was talking to his wife, Justine, and um, I said, Justine, you got to get these kids to like help you do stuff because, yeah. you know, it's just too hard to do it all at all by yourself. And, mm-hmm. um, and she was a, a person who just takes care of everyone and just was, you know, doing everything for everyone. Well, one day I went over and there was a chalkboard up on the kitchen wall and she, and I said, Oh, what is that? And she said, Oh, we started a chore chart. Oh, and so a couple of months later, I saw the chore chart was still up there because I was one of those who would you know, I would start the chores and I would put them on the refrigerator, but then, you know, within a couple of days, you know, the chart was pretty and maybe there was an X or a check here and there on it. And then in a couple of days, you know, I just forgot it was there, but here's what happened with her was that I said, how's that going with the kids 
doing their chores, you know, are you having to nag them or bug them about it? And yeah. She said, no, there's a few who actually do their chores and they make sure everyone else is doing oh, their chores. That's like, great. That is a good kind of thing. So yeah. how about your kids? Did, so did they all, were they all helpful huh. or just that oldest uh, one? They, you know, they were all helpful in their own ways. It, it's, they're all different personalities. And so my thing was I would get, so I would get frustrated. I'd probably try the chore chart for about two weeks and then it didn't go the way I wanted. And then I'd just like try something else. But I realized that they're all their personalities were different and you had to kind of come at it a different way. Like our oldest daughter was very compliant and just kind of took the ball and ran with it. And our, our son was not so much that, but he had to, you had to make it fun for him. And, and, you know, if you could make it like a game or he could be moving around and a challenge, then he, he liked that. And then our last two, um, they seemed to pick it up faster. I think because I think because I'd been a mom for longer when they came, it was easier for me to say, take this. And I let them have more responsibility at a younger age. So they seemed to kind of catch on faster and just start like my youngest son. He, he used to cook for himself, you know, growing up here. He just liked to do that. He's a great cook now. You know, he cooks for his wife and at home. And I and I love when he comes home because he'll cook for us. So, you know, I, I think I learned from parenting longer to give them more responsibility, too. So that helped. And the youngest ones, they're watching the older ones. And yeah. so if mm -hmm. they're taking responsibility, now if you got one that's older and they're not doing anything, that is not helpful. But uh, you know, <laughs> as long as those older ones are working, I think the younger ones learn yeah. everything a, a little bit quicker. And I love the idea that your son was cooking because that goes back to the personalities too, like, and talents. We all have different talents. Yeah. And yes. so he liked to cook. Is that the same mm -hmm. one who liked for things to be fun? Yeah, no, that's a different one. Okay. <laughs> We've got a handful of kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah. our oldest son. Yeah. yeah. But we like it when yeah. somebody likes to cook. So, yes, so we the, do. As the years go on and, um, and you guys continue to do church ministry and all that kind of thing, uh, was that your, your, like was I don't want to say was that your only work, but you know when you're not stationary at a church, some of the years were mm -hmm. you stationary at a church, and some years relying on uh, mm -hmm. you know churches to call you in. Yeah, it, it kind of was a combination of both along the way. There were times when we only did that, uh, and then there would be times that um, like our home church asked us to lead worship at a second campus and start there, and we were able to do both. Um, we could help Sunday mornings, and then we could travel back then, you know, they were doing Sunday night services, a lot of places or during the week. So it's just been different along the way, which is part of how God's provided for us. So it's been wonderful. Well, you know, as we talk about uh, strengths and talents, um, can you think, and it's really always hard to share your own talents and strengths. It's like, mm -hmm. um, but you know what, I think it's important for women uh, to build confidence and to claim what they're good at because I know I was one also that I, I would tend to put myself down or I would, I, I you know, you think that's being humble, right? Mm, yeah. um, mm -hmm. But at a certain point, it tends to start to tear you down. And so Kim, I'm going to ask you, what are a few of your superpowers? I know you're really great at some things besides, mm -hmm. I bet you're a great listener. Well, I, I thought I was at one time uh, and I, I think I need more practice, which is, I have, I, I do like to listen. I do enjoy listening. I don't know. Superpowers. Um, superpowers. Yeah. I don't, I just love, I love being around people. I love hearing people's stories and 
I love seeing, you know, God at work in people's lives. I love to read. I don't know if that's a superpower, but um, I don't know. That's, that's a hard one, Connie. It's Something that you say. enjoy. Okay. So I didn't mean to catch you off on that, but <laughs> I want all of our listeners to think about that because as women or as men, because I hope that there's both listening to the podcast. Um we do have to stop sometimes and, you know, maybe just between us and God, if we can't say it out loud, yeah. you know, <laughs> we don't want to be vain, you know, but I do think that sometimes, um, acknowledging your superpowers and knowing that you are good at some things, you know, I think mm-hmm. God wants us to, yeah. to acknowledge the talents, you know, that he's given us. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, well, I did I, think of, I did think of one I forgot to mention because it's kind of a new one. And I, um, I'm, I'm writing a lot these days and I, I, I mean, I just started out writing blogs, but I'm writing a book, you know, I've got some teaching things I'm working on. And so about 12 years ago, I challenged myself to call myself a writer, even though I didn't feel like it. And I said, I'm going to call myself, I'm going to start calling myself a writer just between me and God. Yeah. (laughs) And that is really, that really helped though. But I, I love, I love to write. It's a, it's a fun new season for me. So that. I don't know if I call it a superpower, but it's certainly something that I love to do but and it's I'm hopefully getting better at. Yeah. That you enjoy. And the more you do something, the better you get at it. And I think yeah. we have to call ourselves what we are, what we want to yeah. be, where we're at. And have you ever run across a really super confident person and they tell you who they are and what they are mm-hmm. and how great. And then like, you know, five years later down the road, you find out they were just starting out. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But that's part of that self-talk. You know, you have to be, you have to have healthy self-talk to yourself. Um, and I think biblically, that's like you said, we, we're just saying what God is, what God's doing, you know? And, and so it's not in a haughty way. We're, we are affirming the gifts of God in us when there we do you go. that. Yeah. And of course, mm-hmm. one of your super gifts is singing and, uh, you know, singing and everything, things coming from the heart. So I think that mm-hmm. would be your superpower. I'm going to give that to you today, that yeah. things that you do, Kim, come from the heart and mm-hmm. things that come from the heart speak to other people. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. All right. So what do you think yeah. are some superpowers your husband has? I know I could always name off uh, a million superpowers. I, yeah, I has. can. He's hilarious. He loves to tell stories. He is the fun guy in our house. And, um, and yet he, he has great compassion for other people. He's a storyteller, but he likes to hear other people's stories too. But he is definitely the life of the party. And um, you're going to know when Joe Stanley comes into the room. So it's fun. Hey, that makes for a good performer too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a natural. Yeah, that's a natural thing for that's him. So but cool. he, and he's, he's, a, he's a great husband. He, it's funny, you know, here we are talking about marriage and I, I I loved being married now more than I did when I was younger. Do you know what I mean? How we we grow into that, and it's like this is so it's so good. I mean, when it's good, it's really really good. But we're so thankful that we stuck it out in those early days, and you know, learned how to get through some things because this is good stuff. This is gold, and that's what I wish. I hope that's why I tell my kids like, hang in there. It's hard, but it's good. It's a good heart, and enjoy the fruit of your labor when you get to this end of it. You know. So. Oh, geez, if everything was easy. Easy all along, I, we just get bored because we wouldn't have right? something to work on, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. So, well, okay. So, I had one thought and it went away. This happens quite often these days. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my God. Oh, well, tell us about your podcast and the name of that there again, so that if anybody wants to come and be encouraged and, and grow their hope, you know, and as I ask you that, I think about the fact of, you know, these days, I think that we allow too much junk to go into our mind. We watch things Mm -hmm. on TV. We Mm -hmm. listen to people who are having a bad attitude. We watch people with bad attitudes on TV. Even the kids are watching kids with bad attitudes. Mm -hmm. And we wonder what's happening to the young people, right? Right. Um, It's so important to find those things that feed your soul, feed your mind. And that, uh, you know, that's what keeps us going. I know I can be down and out and I can listen to some great music mm-hmm. or a mm. great speaker who has great heart. And, um, you know, we're here to lift one another up, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. It's called A Burst of Hope and it's on all major, you know, podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, all of those. And um, yeah, we'd love for for y'all to come and check us out and just listen to some stories because you will leave feeling more hope filled. Um, I I do believe that, and and that's a testimony just how God has set it up and the people that come and share their stories. And it's it's a great it's a great avenue to tell our stories. I know it was fun for me whenever I uh, came and did that with y'all. And you know what? Everything I have been doing is online. So I had to go sit down and be with two real people. I was like, gosh, I'm kind of nervous when I had to do that. Yeah, but that was that was fun. And you and Joe also have what? Do you have a site where people can find you if churches are interested? It's really easy. It's just joeandkimstanley.com. Yeah. We have lots of uh information there about our speaking and our worship ministry and the podcast is on there too so it's all, all there right. and you actually yeah. speak at women's events too sometimes you spoke at my church I do. just a while back yes yeah awesome. I've got a lot lot lined up for this christmas season so i'm excited about that uh yeah and here we are in december and we're and, and we just now yeah. mentioned christmas <laughs> season didn't we yeah and uh, you know, we're at the, the end of it at this point mm-hmm. and, um, and it's going to be a time to start a brand new year and new goals yes, and yes. thinking about what you want to do different next year than you're doing now. Right. Yep. That's right. I love, love getting that new calendar for the year. That's always a fun time. Well, mm-hmm. and you know, I believe relationships and couples, you know, it's important. Something that I've realized as we finish off today, um, something I realized important that, uh, you know, I, I used to do it or I've done it at times and I, I kind of stopped planning my life purposely. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I would find that another weekend came and another weekend came and another weekend came and I'd be like, Oh, I meant to do this. Oh, I meant to do that. And so I'm going to take, uh, I actually take this note from my daughter, Melissa, because she's a great planner. And, she, you know, I mm-hmm. guess it's because she's at a very busy time during her life. And mm-hmm. so, um, I think that's what I would want to leave people with today is the importance of planning for what you want in your life. Is it mm-hmm. time with family, time with friends? Um, a most important here at the extraordinary marriage, of course, is time with your husband, keeping that yes. relationship going. Um, but planning your life and planning what you want. Otherwise it just slips by and where mm-hmm. we stay in defense mode instead of in yes. offense mode or where we want to go. Right. That's right. I think that's so important. And um, I would, I would say, especially planning like date nights. And I know for us and other couples out there that might work together, that's mm-hmm. really important because you need to have some time when you're just having fun together and not in work mode. 
And so we planned that. It used to be Thursday nights, and now we're we're changing at night up, but because um, of a prior commitment. But we we do we are pretty committed to doing that at least once a week. We try to, even if we just go out and see a movie or go somewhere and talk about anything or walk around, it's important to have the, those times set aside with your spouse. Once a week. I love that. All right. So I'm going to yeah. finish with this one question because you just told me that I'm going to ask this, you know, a lot <laughs> of times there's people who need change in their life and others don't need that change. They're just satisfied and they're just, they're just very content so mm-hmm. which one would be the one who needs more change in life, you or Joe? Ooh. Oh, it might be a tie if you're having to think about no, it. No, I, I know. I'm trying to think of a nice way to put it. Now, he, I would say probably Joe. He's the kind of guy that like, if you go into a restaurant, he's going to order the same thing if he loves it. Yeah, oh. it's just him. If it's not oh. broke, don't fix it. Okay. And, I, and I don't mean that in a bad way because that leads to a lot of really great things in a relationship. But I would say he's probably the one that, um, you know, change is kind of harder for. I, I kind of thrive in that. I like new things. I like trying new stuff, going new places, taking a back road. And he likes the sure and steady. We've done it this way. This works. Mm-hmm. I love that, that Kim, because guess what? Teaching communication styles typically the person who is fun loving and very straightforward, like you're kind of talking about earlier is the one who needs change. Like I need change. I need a new menu. I need to taste something different, do something different. And my husband is, he's just happy and easy. And I'm like, Oh, Mm -hmm. no, (laughs) which I was like that sometimes. Well, I know. Yeah. I need change. So we need to learn from both, you know, that's why God put us together. (laughs) That's right. And as we finish today, just think about that. Do you need change or does your spouse need change? And the importance of paying attention to the needs of your spouse. Mm. All right. And if you like this today, be sure and subscribe so you don't miss any of the extraordinary marriage. Thank you, Cam, for being with me today. Thank you, Connie. It was really fun being with you. If you've been encouraged today, please hit subscribe and help me spread the word by sharing with your friends. You'll find show notes and how you can connect with today's guest at TheExtraordinaryMarriage.com. Get ready to uncover the best kept secrets of happy, healthy marriages and gain the power of understanding how you and your spouse think, act, and respond differently. Learn more about the unique communication secrets for marriage at TheExtraordinaryMarriage.com. This is your host, Connie Durham, and I'll see you next week.